your clients will have opinions and unfortunately most of them are not good so you as a designer have to understand how you coach these people to make better decisions so i call it coaching your client to make better creative decisions it all comes down to their poor decisions should not end up in your portfolio Hey everyone, I'm Emily Reagan, and you've discovered Unicorns Unite. This is a podcast for freelancers, service providers, virtual assistants, and curious listeners who would like to experience the freedom and flexibility of working virtually. We're the magic makers, movers and shakers, and the real people doing the work behind the scenes of online businesses. Welcome to Unicorns Unite. Hey, welcome back to the show. I'm your host, fellow freelancer, Emily Reagan. I've been freelancing since about 2007 when I took on my first client. This was in the PR world. I was writing press releases, and from there, I grew my business doing Facebook, doing Pinterest, doing blogging and content marketing and email marketing and all of the things, and it has opened up such a new world to me. I loved it so much that I started teaching my friends, growing my own micro agency, and now I have a course that teaches the digital marketing implementation skills. Now, today's guest is more about the design world, but everything she's teaching, you can apply to your freelancer business. And this is so important because portfolios are going to help you stand out in a saturated market. I advise all business owners to never, ever hire anyone without looking at their portfolios, especially if there is design and creative involved. And you might even go a step further and have test projects and pay for those test projects, of course. Don't you guys do anything free? So today's guest is Ina Horsma. I've had her over in my free Facebook group. If you're not a member over there, she did a wonderful Canva training for us. You need to go check it out. She's amazing. We were in a mastermind together. I love her so much. I love how her brain works, and she is so freaking talented when it comes to graphic design. So she is teaching us her top 11, yes, we managed to get 11 tips to creating a portfolio that will help you attract high-end clients. And again, this is so important for standing out this day and age when people are claiming to be something they're not. My friend was calling it the digital con. You need to have testimonials, references, and work to show to get hired, especially when you haven't built up your name. So this is very important for all of you newbies here who might be listening and my freelancer friends who are working to trying to get more high-end clients. A high-end portfolio will attract those. So I know it's going to share with you her top tips so you can build a high-class portfolio, get the kind of projects you want, and love your work again. But before we dive into the show, I want to tell you about two things. A, if you're listening to this and you're a freelancer who has clients and you're working in the digital marketing world, I want to invite you to apply for my digital marketing work group. It's a place for freelancers to have community, support one another, lean on one another, ask questions refer each other, and get advanced trainings because we all know how hard it is to stay up to date in this world, especially if you are a one-man band juggling multiple clients and there's so much changing in the digital marketing world. So come join us there, application only. Link is in the show notes. And just know that I share all of my job leads over there. We've posted over 800 jobs. So if you're looking for work, you've already have the hard skills, apply. I'd love to have you in the group. Second of all, we just released, hot off the press, a brand new offer, a brand new course called 
The Freelance Biz Kickstarter. This is a self-paced two-hour DIY course designed to help talented, highly skilled go-getters turn their skills into an extra income stream. This course will help a new freelancer set up their business, sign clients quickly, all while looking like a seasoned pro to the outside world. You do not need to take a long-winded $1,000 laborious business-focused program to learn how to start freelancing. If you're truly a go-getter, you already have the hard skills. You will love grabbing the shortcut from me. Like I said before, I've been doing this for over 12 years and I can help you get started. That's my number one question from somebody who is looking at adding in a freelance service and starting a new business. How do I get started? Well, this course is your answer. Check out the show notes and you can join me. So let's dive into our interview with design leader and mentor, Aino Horsma. I am so excited about our story today with a freelancer who does graphic design because she is going to share portfolio tips to help you get booked out by your dream clients. So I have my friend, I know Horsma here. She's a graphic designer. We've been together in a couple of groups. I think so highly of her and her skills, and she is the one to teach you about portfolios. So I know tell everyone hello and where you live right now. Okay, sure. First of all, so glad to be here. Thank you for inviting me. I'm always excited to talk to Emily's Unicorns. I love your people, Emily. It's so fun to see them here, but also see them in any of my workshops. So hey, everyone there. For those who don't know me, so I'm Aino. I'm a designer with more than 16 years in the industry. Daytime, I'm a lead designer for GE. And on my spare time, I run a business doing obviously branding and design for clients, but also teaching a branding and design for anyone who wants to, or I call them aspiring designers, anyone who wants to learn. There's a lot of creative virtual assistants, but also junior designers or designers who just want to become better. And, you know, I spent almost a decade in the Bay Area, in San Francisco Bay Area in California, but right now I moved back to uh, my native Finland. We are here very close to the Arctic Circle. So I got snow yesterday. We have almost like three inches. It was kind of a precursor of winter here already. It's coming. Winter is coming. It, it's definitely coming. Yes. <laughs> Tell everyone how you got started with the graphic design, because I find this interesting in this day and age where a lot of people, we can all be kind of graphic design hackers with Canva and tools like Canva, but like you're a legit designer. So tell everyone about your schooling. Sure. Okay. So, you know, I have actually two design degrees, not just one. I have a bachelor's uh, degree in digital design from early 2000. Digital design is really, it's almost the same as graphic design, except really with focus on digital media and digital methods, which go back 20 years, wasn't the same things as it is right now. And now like everybody's digital something, but back in the day, people were still like, what is a digital designer? Like, why do you have that in your title? <laughs> but then, you know, after a few years working, I was doing graphic design for a large corporation here in Finland. And I was sitting and doing like, just like really day to day, some of that, you know, if you do design and you know that there are like tasks that are just repetitive and not interesting. I was actually designing catalogs and I was like, like product catalog. And I was like, oh my gosh, I am so much more creative. Like I can do so much more than this. And I wanted to get ahead in my career, but it was really difficult because at the time it was really about to, there's two things to get ahead. One is to know the right people as is in every industry, right? You have the amazing network. You need just one person who will promote you to the position that you need. Well, the other one in my industry is to have an amazing portfolio. And at the time, my portfolio was okay, but it wasn't up to the par that I, you know, for the jobs that I wanted. So I decided to get more education and I went to school in San Francisco. So I got my master's in graphic design in the Academy of Art University in San Francisco. 
which was great. But after I graduated, I mean, I got obviously a beautiful portfolio, but there's so much that that school didn't prepare me for in the real life working. And I was so angry for a while. I was like, I put $100,000 almost into this degree. (laughs) And there's a lot that they didn't teach. So I'm trying to kind of bridge that gap right now with people that I, that I teach. Oh my gosh, I love that. And I think that's the thing about university. Like you could go try to study marketing and online marketing now. And there's new certifications at my local community college for being a virtual assistant, but that curriculum moves at a snail's pace and does not keep up with like what's actually happening in the real world. So I'm glad you brought that up. So I love what you said about there's two ways to get ahead. One is the right person shining a light on you giving you attention, giving you that promotion, giving you that recognition in social. And that's true in the freelancer space. Like Amy Porterfield's head copywriter. The reason she's so successful is Amy Porterfield, you know, she's shown her light on her and building your network, working with the right people, aligning yourselves with mentors up and then your peers sideways is really important. But we're specifically talking today about portfolios and you are the guru to teach this because you have a boot camp that you run and just check the show notes for when I know runs it again. And you've come to my group and taught my people this, and you also have a course teaching this. So like you are really, I just really want to build up your credibility here because there's so much more that goes into a portfolio. There's a huge reason we all need it to stand out. I mean, this market is so oversaturated. So in your words, why do we need a portfolio? Right, right. Well, you know, while you, you said that the, the market is oversaturated, and that's true, there's especially after if we compare again today and 20 years ago, like, if you think of Adobe software 20 years ago, it was very expensive, it was really a heavy software to run on your computer, you needed like a professional setup, everything was just like, it was difficult to get your hands on. Now you just go online, boop, 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 $20 a month or whatever, and you get creative suit or, <laughs> you know, like it's access to these tools, for example, can make anyone a designer, right? What the portfolio really comes handy and it's really important for us, you wouldn't buy, say, a leather jacket without seeing one, right? Like you wouldn't buy a house without walking in and looking into it. Like you wouldn't buy anything without actually knowing what you're buying. So your portfolio is actually showing to your prospective clients that this is what I can do for you. Like if you don't have anything to show for your skills, you're basically asking that other person, like, trust my word. I promise I'm really good. I have nothing to show you, but you just got to take my word for it. So people, uh, especially since there is so much competition, people are not willing to take your word for it anymore. They say, well, if you don't have anything to show for it, I can just do a quick Google and I'll find 10, 15, 20, you know, people that have portfolios. So people want to, first of all, see that you can do what they want you to do. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because I had a client business owner here in my inbox the other week complaining about somebody who said they could do social media graphics and was a designer and she did not. And the graphics were not good. I told you this story personally, but the graphics were not good. And I'm like, why did you not? look at her portfolio and make that decision. Like gone are the days where we hire blindly and every single business owner looking out there, check your copywriters, check your graphic designers, check your website designers. Like everybody should have work examples to prove in your own words. You say that they're not a one trick pony, that they can actually do the work and repeat the work. And I was just flabbergasted that she would hire somebody and not pre-qualify them based on something so visual and so subjective as well. Yeah. Yeah. No, hundred percent. And 
I also mentor some business owners one day and people oftentimes come to me asking, first of all, can I do work for them? Can they hire me? Which is, I'm in the, the fortunate position today to turn down work and say, no, I actually, my calendar is full. But then they ask, well, do I know anyone? And I, I recommend people forward, but I also tell like, hey, look at their portfolio. For one, you want to know that I have the skill, but you also want to see, do they actually offer the service that you're asking for. Like if you are looking for someone who does branding, make sure they have branding in their portfolio because if someone focuses on web design, their logo design skills might not be what you're really, you know, looking for. So it's just to show that you have design skills, but also show that you have the right design focus, that you have the services that they're looking for. Yeah, excellent point. So let's get into some of your tips for making a portfolio that will help you stand out. Sure. And I would love you just to educate us all. And knowing a lot of people in this group, we have some people who are new, who are just now starting to think about this stuff. We have some people who have started their business. They've gotten a client or two. Maybe they were already accidentally doing the work and now they're realizing I need to level up and this portfolio yeah. is perfect for them. And then my more experienced freelancers, we're always, always aware of our portfolios and how to add to them. So I think they'll all be able to gain, you know, but like really focusing yeah. on this middle already working beginner freelancer. I have uh, 11 tips here that we'll go through quickly if we'll have time. Some of these are going to apply just to everybody. It doesn't matter what your skill level is. And some of them I'm going to always mention like this is for some of the more advanced, like if you're a beginner, don't worry about this necessarily. I want to just kind of put a disclaimer in the beginning that if you don't have a portfolio in place right now, like it's always better to have something than nothing. Like if you have, if you've designed like a one social media post, put that up. If you like scribbled, you know, a logo for your sister or your, for your aunt or something, put it up there. Like it's better to have something than nothing. Now these tips are going to kind of give you an idea of how to, you know, improve it, how to instantly take something that you have to a little bit better So if I say something that you need to have and you're like, oh my gosh, I don't have that, then I'm not going to do anything. Don't do that. It's always better to have something than nothing. Okay. Okay. Good point. I like that. Good. Okay. So we're going to start with something that we already discussed. So my tip number one for portfolios, have a portfolio and have it online. So it's so surprising to me that I still come um, across people who ask, can I just send you a PDF? And I'm always like, no, I'm not going to be like trying to figure out how to open your PDF. You have to have it online. Also, if you want to come out as a professional, like real professional, have a, a URL dedicated to your name, for example or like whatever your business name is. If you can't do that, because that costs money, you can still have it, you can have there's Behance or there's Dribbble or there's like even start an Instagram account and call it your like business name or whatever and put your designs there. Like it's it's just put something online. And, and remember, this is what people are going to use today. More than 55% of all the website traffic globally today comes from mobile devices. So make sure whatever kind of thing you create, whatever kind of uh, portfolio, it is accessible mobile phone. So that's another thing, like no PDFs because they are not responsive, you know? Oh, okay. That makes They're going to have to be like zooming in and zooming out. (laughs) So that's my number one thing. That makes me think of that car commercial, insurance commercial or house, whatever. You might not see it in Finland, but they're like, don't turn into your parents. And they talk about teaching adults how to open PDFs and they're all like, very like not tech savvy, but obviously our clients are going to know about PDFs, but the same as when you pitch for media, for editors, like if they don't want to open that and they don't want large sizes in their inbox and they want to get a virus. So sharing a link is better for all of those reasons. 
Yeah, yes. And you might now think that, oh, well, but I can share like a Dropbox link or a Google Drive link or something. And you would be surprised how many times I try to access those. And then it's like, you don't have the rights to access this link or something. And I'm like, ah, then I always have to be like, can you now add my email? Just just don't do it. Just have a URL or, or like, a, or use a portfolio platform of some kind. Okay. The URL, the domain is really going to make the rookies, it's going to separate the rookies from the professional serious business owners. Yeah. So already my people know this, everyone in the group, you're learning, you're hearing this, go buy your domain and just go all in eventually at some point pretty yeah. soon, please. So this is, this is a little anecdote here. When I started in San Francisco and the, the Academy of Art University, my graphic design masters, our teacher, the first year he said, this week, all of you are going to go buy your name, the domain of your name. Like mine is einhosma.com. It still exists if you go and go einhosma.com. And he said, if you don't do it this week, I will do it and I will sell it back to you very expensive the day you graduate. So this is all for anybody listening. Go buy it now or I will go it. Go buy it and then you will have to buy it from me. Somebody has my name. And it sucks, but I went ahead and put PR because I, I, I didn't know yeah. where my business was going and I wanted PR and marketing services. And at the time I was kind of, you know, growing an agency and I'm watching this other girl with my name and she hasn't posted a blog in a year. And I'm like, yeah. maybe I can maybe. buy it from her. Yeah. I don't know. But I have to tell you for my big seven figure client, I, I one of the things I had to do was go buy domains for all her children. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've actually thought about that about my own, own kids. And I'm like, should I go and yeah. see by their names already? The thing is, if, you, if your name is not available, have a business name or do what Emily did. So the second tip is uh, if you can add more than one image of your project. So now you might okay. be thinking that, oh, wait, but I just did like social media graphic or one post or something, and I only have one image. Well, you could do, you could show always exploration. Maybe you were doing versions of it. So you could have like at the top, this is the final design. And then right below is like, this is the process that I went through. These are the, you know, or if you just have one, then quickly whip up a couple more. It's more interesting when they can actually like you have so ideally your online portfolio will have some sort of like a, your work landing page that has thumbnails and you can drill in to each of those so then you click on that project and hopefully there's more than one image it just makes it more interesting it makes it feel more robust there are different ways to kind of build up each of those projects if it's branding project you can have logo colors fonts you can have sketches of your logo you can have a little story of who this is this is meant for all that good stuff so build a little bit of around again if you are just in a hurry to get something done if you are a super beginner it's better to have something than nothing then just put that one image and tell what it was about but but if you want to take the next step make it a little bit better add more than one image okay okay tip number 3 when you have that thumbnail page or that landing page with, let's say you have, you're doing good, you're like intermediate designer skill level, you have maybe six projects in your portfolio. The organization of these projects should be so that the best project is always first. So you start off with your best, best project. The second best project should be last. And the third best should be in the middle. And I'll tell you why. So our attention span is like the shortest in the world, right, these days. Uh, so when someone goes into your landing page of that portfolio, so actually your URL, when they go to your business page, maybe that's not your portfolio. They click to work and there you have it. But on there, they might have like three seconds of attention span. So you better show your best stuff first. Same goes when they drill into that project. So now they click and go deeper. The best picture of that, if you let's say you have five images, the best picture of that project should be first. 
the second best last and the third best in the middle. And then because the first they see the best one, they're like, oh, ML is really good. I'm going to start browsing more. And then you want to also end with a bang. So you want to also leave them with this feeling like, oh, yeah, yeah, she was really good. And then you want to have the third best in the middle so that it, if there's any, you're going to bound to have a little bit different skill levels in there in the mix that you kind of keep moving them along with your best projects all the time. So that should be the order of the work inside the portfolio. Love the strategy behind that. It's so good to think about that. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. For sure. And some one of those things that we don't think, we just... I think most people put them in like a timely, like, you know, in the order of when they did it, but you can, you should be able to, with the modern, you know, technology, just reorganize everything. Yeah. Yeah. Then fourth tip, remove all the lesser project. So if you have any like filler projects, any lesser projects, just, just remove them. Again, this is for those people who have more projects in there. It's not really, your portfolio is not really collection of all the things you've ever done. Your portfolio is a collection of all the things that you first of all want to do and that you are the best at, so to speak. So so if you have like, you know, let's say that Emily, you want to focus on doing branding, you should put like only the best branding work in there and don't like add any social media stuff because that's not what you want to do, right? So that kind of goes hand in hand with with the next one. So the next tip is at work you love. So remove all the lesser projects and only add the really good ones and only add projects that you love and want more because people are going to hire you to do more of that work. So whatever you showcase in your portfolio is the kind of work that people want to hire you to do. So what do you show is going to come back to you basically. Okay. So if you don't want to do social media, don't even put that on there, ladies. And I think all of this can apply to your website as well, uh, as far as don't like list a mountain of services, like really focus on those that you love. And there's something that goes through me. Maybe I'm a little bit of a critic or like a skeptic, or I don't know, maybe there's a little negative streak in me, but if I see too much, it almost appears a little bit desperate to me. So like less is more understated is more. It almost makes me think like, I don't know if I saw three projects versus nine projects, I might, I don't know. It communicates something different when I see like, it really depends on the quality of the projects too. Uh, I always say, people ask me that how many projects should you have? And I say for beginners, ideally you have at least two to three, two to four projects so that you can show that you've done this thing more than once for intermediate. I'd say anything between four to six and for advanced then six to nine or six to 10 or something like that. But when we go to the nine and 10, they all still have to be really good quality. You don't get to 10 by putting three really good ones and seven like filler projects. That, that, doesn't, that doesn't count. <laughs> like when you are like expert, you have to have more projects to show because that also reflects your experience, but it also, they all have to be at that level, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, I love that. So at work that you love, the other thing that I wanted to say about that is it's, Oftentimes what we don't think about is how does our clients or prospective clients look at our portfolios? So if you show stuff that you have done, but you don't want to keep doing more, they can't reach your mind. They don't know that Emily is actually wanting to do branding. They assume that because you're showcasing social media, that is what you want to do. So because they know that people are smart, they know that portfolio is you're, you're promoting yourself. The other thing is that, again, if you're just starting out and you are desperate for money, like you're just, I want to do design, but I'm desperate. I'm not ready to nail down a design focus yet. I'm not really ready to niche down. Then, okay, put all six projects that you ever worked on or all three projects, because the more diversity that you show, 
it's likely like, because you're now advertising your skills. Now someone who's looking for social media might hire you. Now someone who's looking for, you know, branding person might hire you, but that kind of also assumes that you are not expert at anything. You're sort of jack of all trades, but not specializing at anything. And when you're at the level that you can specialize and become an expert, you can also increase your rates. But if you're at the beginning and you're like, I'm willing to work on with $25 an hour or something, I just need to get, you know, money. I need to put food on the table today then the strategy is slightly different than when you're saying like, okay, now I'm going to take my business to the next level. I'm ready to become an expert in this. And I'm going to rift off that because you know, this is part of my teaching as being a unicorn. I truly believe we don't all just jump into a freelance world, super specialized, having the foresight and the knowledge and the vision of what we're going to do. So I teach my students to be well-rounded because many of our jobs, a lot of online business owners are looking for a well-rounded digital marketing. They want a teammate. So showcasing that set, although we're not talking about like 20 different things, but like focusing it on the key digital marketing aspects that like you can do that make you unique is still a good thing. And you can still be, I'm going to argue, you can still be somewhat specialized within that niche. So Think outside the box here, but also what what I know said is gold. Like as you really specialize, that is when you can charge more. And that can happen once you're inside a team and you start promoting and climbing the ladder. That can happen as you start doing more project work and you gain that clarity because you did all of the things. So thank you for letting me have my unicorn moment. (laughs) Yeah, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And and when it comes to design, like you said, in the beginning, we don't necessarily know what we want to specialize on. So if you put a couple of different things in there, there's likelihood that you, that you get to try a couple of those different things. And maybe you don't get that hourly rate that you're, you know, you want at that point yet, but you're still kind of learning and practicing and you're still figuring out what you want to do. And the more you get work, the more you get, get to refine your portfolio. So I always say this, that your portfolio is actually your tool to guide your design career because so much people look at it and they make assumptions on what you do. So like I said, like if you just need work right now, there's a different strategy to use your portfolio for that. If you want to like get ahead in a certain niche, there's a different strategy to use your portfolio for that. So your portfolio is a living document. You can update it every day. And if you're not looking for like business or freelance type of work, if you're looking for, let's say you want to be a full-time designer at a corporation or a branding agency or something like that, I would recommend that every time you apply for a full-time position, you look at the qualifications. And then before you send your application, you actually update your portfolio to match that. It's like your resume, right? You always rewrite your resume. So portfolio is the same thing, especially if you have a lot of stuff that you could put there, it should always reflect the position that you want. It's also kind of like when we say about, you know, clothes, that that dress for the job you want and not for the job that you have, right? Or something like that. Portfolio is the same way. Like your portfolio should reflect the future and the vision that you want, not the job and the position that you have currently. So it's very aspirational. Oh, okay. Okay. And you're allowed to be a chameleon and shift things depending on what that position is, if, if that's what you want. So you kind of, that was specifically for those who are looking for full-time positions. So if you are like, let, let's say that I want to be a designer at Google, like I know what Google wants, my portfolio better look like what Google wants. Right. And I can update it and change it. And and being a designer is great because our work is visual. If you don't have the project that you need to get that job, you can create that. Like you can write yourself a brief and you can create what I call conceptual projects. It's a design concept. It's not an app for actual client. Um, There's a reason to have client projects, but there's also like a good conceptual project always jumps a poor quality client project. Don't ever let your client's poor design decisions 
end up in your portfolio. So <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> that's hilarious. Cause you know, it, this happens with copywriting and happens with web design, like your clients get in there and, and tinker things. So you don't have to submit their version. You submit your version. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And with web design, it's especially difficult. And I always tell people, put your own designs. Don't put the published website because after it's published, they can go and hire a different designer or change or go, you know, Lord knows they didn't have any design skill themselves and they changed all the imagery that you did and now it looks horrible. So don't necessarily like put those screenshots, put the ones that you designed because you were thinking how it should look like, how everything should look like. So your portfolio should represent you, not your clients at the end of the day. And clients, you know, we all have a little designer inside us, even those who don't are not trained and everybody like your clients will have opinions. And unfortunately, most of them are not good. So you as a designer have to understand how you coach these people to make better decisions. So I call it coaching your client to make better creative decisions. It all comes down to their poor decisions should not end up in your portfolio. (laughs) Sometimes I've had to show them you know, I make a lot of social media graphics and, you know, banners and things for websites, but sometimes I have to show them a couple for them to see, like, I really am showing you the best one and you should trust my judgment. And every yes. now and then I get yeah. that certain personality and a little yeah. very like, um, slightly untrusting client. And I'm like, I, I got to show them. And then they like come around yeah. or I'll, I'll yeah. explain like why that doesn't look good. And there's a catch though. Emily, be wary when you do that. And in, in, really? the, in the agency agency world, there's a running joke that if you show a client a thing that you don't like, that's what they're going to choose. Oh. So one of, the, one of my advice is always like, don't show client work that you don't want them to choose because especially people who have poor taste, you're going to show something as an example, like, look, it didn't work. And they'll be like, oh, but that's what I want. And you're like, shit, now you're in a hole to have to talk about it. There's a way to combat that as well. So if you do a little presentation, you show them three of your best things, for example. And this is my go-to advice for myself as well. I only show work to clients that I will be okay with if they choose. And I have very high bar. I'll be kicking myself in the head if they choose something that I hate. Because I feel that also that represents me as a designer. And I don't want my poor designs end up in the world either. Yeah. So then I'll show only the best work. And then usually in the, in the presentation, in the appendix, I have a lot of exploration. So sometimes you get the question like, well, have you tried this yellow? And then you can be like, I have, and then you pull it. And then you, you only show it if they ask only, you only show if they don't love what you're showing. You only show if they ask, like, have you tried to make this bigger? And then you can be like, yes, I did. And it doesn't work, but you don't like sell that upfront. Yeah. Okay. That makes more sense. Like if they ask for it, show it. I rarely get that client, but sometimes me, even as a business owner, I need to just see it just so I can shut that part of my brain down. Like, okay, that doesn't work. Like sometimes I just need to see it and I'm not trying to be overly critical. I'm not trying to do a personal insult here. I'm just curious because my brain is stuck. Like maybe what does that look like? And I don't visualize it. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Let's just take a moment here. It's impossible to get referrals without putting yourself out there all the time. It's really difficult to have a community when you're doing the work by yourself. It's also hard to stay up to date when you're just one person and digital marketing trends, platforms, technology, and strategies change all of the time. And it's no fun having to do lead generation for your business when you'd rather be doing billable hours. So I have a solution for you. Come join my digital marketing work group. It's a tight community of freelancers, virtual assistants, digital marketing specialists, 
who are all up-leveling in their skills, getting advanced trainings, applying for my job ops, and becoming digital marketing specialists and managers and strategists. This is an online referral community for both skilled and up-and-coming digital marketing service pros and virtual assistants. We've shared over 800 jobs with our community. We'd love to have you too. If you need client work, if you need a squad behind you, if you need help raising your prices, promoting yourself to the next level, this is the place to be. You can apply for the work group with the link in the show notes. We'd love to have you. Back to the show. Okay, back to the list. We have lots. Um, We can jump some lesser ones though. What are we on? Number seven? Okay, number seven. Add descriptions. So your projects should have descriptions. Uh, If you are at a very sort of beginner level, it should at minimum say what this project was about. What are you doing? Who was the client? And so forth. Even if it's an imaginary client, you should say that this was for a spa or this is for, you know, a coach or something. And what was the, what were you trying to uh, achieve? The further you go, like if you're more in intermediate level, then you suddenly now you need a little bit more because people are looking for that. The more experience you have, the more leadership is expected. And with that description, this is your sweet spot to show your expertise and your leadership. So you can talk about the, who is this design targeted for? How are these designs really hitting that target? Like, what did you, did you change the colors because the users are X, Y, and Z, right? The target audience is X, Y, and Z, and that's the color they want or whatever. And then you can also try to kind of explain some of the creative challenges that you had, like maybe the client asked for certain things and what were your creative solutions? What were your design solutions for those problems? And then when we move all the way to the expert level, you should have at least a couple really good case studies. Those are have a lot more text already that really shows your thinking. What are the key metrics here? What was the uh, you know outcome? Did you like produce for those key metrics? Like what was the success that your designs brought and all that stuff? And if you have, if you're at the expert end and you have like seven, eight, nine projects, not all of them have to be case studies because doing those case studies is a drag. It'll take a long time. So if you have at least one or two that are like, at least somewhere you have to show that leadership And this is, again, for those, because at the expert level, sometimes people hire you and you are working with a bunch of other people. Like you're not like a freelancer at your room anymore doing a one-off flyer. You might be, let's say that Amy Porterfield hires you. Now suddenly you're working with their copy, with their strategists, with their like whole team, and you are expected to lead the design part of things. So your leadership will come across how you write these uh, descriptions. Oh, that's such a good word. And I love that because I'm pretty sure... 90% of the business owners who come my way to hire digital marketing assistants, they really want someone to show up as a business owner and take that lead and take control. And it's not only in graphic design here, guys. So I love that word a lot. And I think that there's a way to demonstrate that even just as the VA, you know, that you know what you're doing, you're the expert because they kind of sometimes need their handheld too, even though they see you as their assistant. So that's, that's really good. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, good, good. And you're thinking, it shows you're thinking, like it shows that you have brains and you can think and you're self-motivated, self-starter, they don't have to babysit you all the time. So that's good. Next one, add some information about you, have an about page. And this goes just in web- website general about or contact or something, because if they like your portfolio, the next step will be, how do I get in touch with this person? Like make it so easy that they don't have to look for it. There has to be information about you and there has to be a really easy way to contact you. If you ever, have you ever, what's the story brand dude? Oh, Donald Miller. 
Yeah. So if you listen to his trainings or if you've done any of his like courses or whatever, he's like really big on this, like website, when it comes to websites, like make it so easy for them to buy, make it so easy for them to contact you that they can just like, this is how I contact this person. Now I can talk with them because you want them to come to you. You have to think like if this gets in somebody else's hands and not the person I gave it to, will that person know who I am? Like common sense here. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Then this is more advanced. Actually, this is for anyone if you can do it, but at least if you're at the expert level or even an intermediate, consider doing this, use mock-ups. So if you create logo designs, and then when you're ready to put them in your portfolio, mock them up on a little business card or mock them up, what would it look like on their website? Or, you know, so what does it look like in context? So that people get a good idea of the sizing, how it's meant to be used. If it's a social media graphics, you can still find mock-ups where it looks like it's on someone's phone screen or something. So it just makes it look nicer. You can really improve the look of your portfolio quickly this way. And you can buy these mock-ups. There are in Canva. If you come to my Facebook group, I have a training specifically on how to do this there. So it shows how to do it in Canva. And I think there's, I can't remember if there's also Illustrator or Photoshop, but you can do it very quickly. It's not difficult, but again, if, if you have nothing up, then don't worry about mock-ups, just get something up. Well, I have to say from a you know digital marketing assistant angle, I would love like a mock-up of an Instagram portfolio, you know, just be able to make a version of that, but it looks like you curated the whole feed or you had a social yeah. media strategy or depending on what you do and what you don't do, but you could take their current stuff and rearrange it. So that's an easy, easy one to do that. I think really stands out if you, if you do that kind of work. And I'm sure I could come up with others with a little bit of brain time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's a, a nice way to showcase uh, branding too. If you've done branding for someone and you know, they're like, a, especially if it's personal branding to a little bit showcase how the colors will be used throughout their like uh, Instagram, their profile, their feed and whatnot. So just, you know, Ooh, I love throwing that. more work at, at everybody. <laughs> so this one is a little bit controversial and, and, In my workshop, when we talk about this, we always get like a little discussion going on. If you're a service provider, if you're looking to have designers or you're a designer and you're looking to have clients and you're not selling products, you're selling services. I always say, don't put your prices up, but there are exceptions. Now, if you have packages, which I, by the way, if there's a package, I consider that a product. It's not service anymore. It's it's a product because your product, you're packaged it. So you show that price, obviously, if you have any design templates for sales, stuff like that, those, of course, have to have prices. But your hourly rate, you don't put it there. It's nobody's business. Hopefully, uh, you can, when you talk with the people, what I recommend people always do is to get a piecework contract. I'll charge $5,000 for this website. And then you really tell what's in the scope. But this is already beyond. They've looked at your portfolio. Now you're already negotiating. You come up with the price what is in scope for that price. And then you give a, an hourly price out of scope work, $150 an hour, for example, whatever. And the reason is that the better you become, the more experience you have, the faster you start working. You should not be punished financially for working faster. Now, imagine if your hourly rate is $50, $50 an hour, for example. And when you're really good, you can do certain project in five hours but if you're just intermediate you're not very good it takes you 15 hours why does the person who's less skilled get more paid no you give a piecework price what is in scope and girl if you get that done in five hours and they pay you five thousand dollars more power to you like it's not their business how you 
how much time you use to get as long as you get them the result. Oh my gosh. I was just ranting with a friend about this the other day in Boxer. Like I have put years and years of on the job training into these fingers and this brain. I have spent thousands on courses. I have spent so much time on free material and add up all of the mistakes and challenges I faced and how I went like things took so much longer because something happened and, but it made me smarter in the end, like all of that experience is wrapping up and it is not an hourly rate. It is not because I can do things like that. And I want all of you guys to hear this. Like you might start off hourly. I get it. Like you're trying to understand how long things take you and gain that clarity. But like in the end, oh my gosh, this is my pet peeve with business owners because they want the perfect, like fast, cheap hire. And it's not, it doesn't exist. I feel like I need to do more education in this space with some of our like job leads sometimes because it frustrates me. (laughs) Have you heard of the holy triangle of fast, cheap, and good, and you can only choose two? Yeah. Yeah, you can't have all three. Yeah, you can't have all of those. You can only pick two. So if it's gonna be yeah. fast and good, it's not gonna be cheap. <laughs> I, I have so, a client in my DMs or, or a prospect, and she wanted to hire one of my people, and she always is coming to me, but she wants like super cheap, and she always wants someone who's super experienced. I'm like that person does not exist because the second you yeah. learn that you're sitting on like knowledge gold and you have some marketable skill that everyone needs. Like you do not give that away for $20 an hour anymore. I'm like, sorry, if you're going to have to pay for somebody yeah. newer, they're going to be able to figure it out. And you're actually probably, they all think like, Oh, it's going to take them longer, but you know, like who knows how that price really ends up. But like that yeah. just, ugh, frustrates me so much. I know. Well, the other the tip that I said, like, if you want to, if you feel like you must work for $20 an hour, <laughs> then save that for nonprofits, save that for your church, save that for your family. Like there will be times when you come across uh, a client that you really want to give them a better price or cheaper price or whatever, because yeah. an orphanage <laughs> or whatever, and, and they can't afford you. And that's when you get to really, you know, work for pro bono or whatever, if you want. Yeah. You know, when business is business. So yes. Oh my gosh. I'm glad we touched on that. And by the way, if you put that price, if you put your hourly price on your website, they're going to hold you to it. So you want the freedom too. I mean, I teach my students to constantly be increasing, like step it up as they gain more experience. And if like an eight figure client jumped in your lap, what would you try? You know, like never put your prices. I agree. I know you said it's controversial. Sometimes it can be good to kind of pre-qualify for like some high project fees or whatever, but I a hundred percent agree. We don't put our rates up. Same goes with, um, you know, for media kits, like I'm doing a training next about that. So I saw my head, but you would never just put those rates up there because what if someone came and they're willing to, you know, pay double, why would you hold yourself? down. So, and also this is just my personal, I'm not necessarily advising you guys to do that or anyone else to do that, but this is what I do. If someone comes to me and comes like, Hey, I know, can you do this design research project? It's going to take eight weeks and whatnot. And I'm like, Oh, not my favorite thing. But if like, I'm obviously won't say this to them, but in my head, I'm like, not my favorite thing, but if you pay me enough, and then I quote a really high price because, you know, if you pay me like a lot, then I'll do something that is not my favorite. <laughs> I'll be motivated. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. But again, if, if I put a, would have put my price on my, on my portfolio, on my website, I'd be tied to that. So yeah, keep that leverage to yourself. 
And it's always good. I think it's good practice in those discovery calls for freelancers to time that value articulation with the price investment like later once you've kind of established that rapport and gone through the discovery call process in general. Mama wants a Christmas vacation. Mama wants to go on a cruise to the Baltic. Like I'm not going to hold myself in. If somebody wants to pay me the right price, like I'll be super motivated. (laughs) Yeah, right. Exactly. (laughs) What's your 11th tip? 11th. Okay. So this is, we've actually touched this already. It's for the experts in the room at your process. When you do the case study at the process, the steps in your process, how you work. So again, it's for those eight figure clients, like you mentioned, when they're looking for someone, like I said, you're probably going to work with, if you work for Amy Porterfield, you're going to work with her team. They want to see your process and how you work to make sure that when they're looking for the right person, is that process going to work with the process that they have? And also it is to, for even for not just necessarily for Amy Porterfield, but even for someone else who feels uncomfortable, maybe working with designers, they're not sure. They want to see the steps that you take. Now they probably feel a little bit more comfortable investing that $5,000 because they see all the stuff that you do. So that comes through those case studies. You can actually show all the stuff that you did, or at least explain in the description. And it's okay to share sketches and it's okay to share exploration. And it's okay to share in in that context to show that this is what, what I did essentially. Okay. That's for the advanced because you also need to know how to do that well. Uh, so don't start by necessarily by introducing that to your portfolio. Yeah. And you can always talk about that if that's not in your portfolio. And yeah, that discovery call, you could verbalize that part because yeah. I think that's really important to demystify and set those clear expectations and even boundaries within the same conversation about how you do the work. And that can just kind of set the stage for a successful project and, you know, client relationships. So that's good. I would never have thought to put that in a portfolio. Yeah. Well, there you go. That was my 11th tip. (laughs) I love it. I love it. So this has been amazing. Will you tell everyone about your bootcamp and tell us about your course too? Okay, so I run uh, a free five-day boot camp called uh, High Ticket Portfolio, and uh, it's going to come again in second week of December. So it's going to be the last boot camp of this year, second week of December. If you join my Facebook group, Brand Builder Society, I always run it in that Facebook group at the you know same place. There's a lot of people there. During this boot camp, what we do is I teach you all about you know, all the stuff that we talked about, but more in detail, but also how to become a better designer. So we don't only talk about portfolio, we actually learn design skills. And last time I shared a step-by-step tutorial, how to create logo design, this emblem style logo design, and people loved it. Oh my gosh, Emily, you should have seen the designs they created. It was so much fun. I do give design reviews during that. One of the five days is dedicated just a, it's like a VIP day where those who have submitted their designs, we get together on Zoom and I review their designs to make sure that they end up with something great. So the goal is to get at least one nice portfolio project at the end of that five days or at least get it started. Sometimes five days is not going to be enough. Yeah. You might need a little bit more time, but I cannot believe this is for you, girl. Like this is amazing. You're (laughs) so high touch. There's so much goodness in your brain and you just share so much with your group. So if any of you are struggling to get that portfolio out of you, like time it right with her next boot camp, so you can make progress and tap into her that like one-on-one you do practically. Well, almost. Yeah. And I I do get that question sometimes, like, why is this free? (laughs) Which always cracks me up because girl, I 
obviously just love to help and teach. And, you know, I could talk, I could just talk, 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 talk <laughs> about this. But at the same time, I know that you can't build a high class or high ticket portfolio in five days. Like all yeah. I can give you is a tip of the iceberg. Like there's so much that goes into it. Like I can't, even if I talk 24 hours a day, five days, you wouldn't get like, unfortunately you get started, but you can't even just time-wise, you can't build uh, six cool projects in five days. So for that, I invite you to join my portfolio Academy, which always kicks off. So I have cohorts. They all start, the cohort starts from the boot camp, and it's a 12 month program where I help people, not just, again, not just build the portfolios, but acquire the design skills that they need. We have an orientation call where we figure out where do you, Emily, want to be in 12 months? And then where do you want to be in five years? And then we try to strategize together about your portfolio. Like, what does it have to look like to get you first to that 12 months goal and then to that five-year goal? I have a roadmap for the 12 months that starts from building your portfolio. The second stage is building your personal brand to make sure that, you know, whatever it is that you're creating with your business is going to, that your brand, your personal brand is going to support that as a designer or whatever business that you're building. And then the last stage is starting to build financial independence by creating design products. Either it's packages, design templates, whatever it is. And I teach them a little bit. Obviously, I'm not a funnel professional like you are, but I essentially help them learn the creation of the product. Like I sell design templates myself. So then I teach them everything I know about, you know, creating templates because it's slightly different to build templates than it is like custom designs. Okay. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. And I cannot emphasize this enough, but I get business peers and prospects and job leads in my inbox DMs all the time. And they will tell me (laughs) they're judging you guys. (laughs) They're like, why did she not have a website? Like, can I trust her? Like the invisible question is, can I trust this person? She doesn't have a website. She doesn't have her own email domain. And she's using like Gmail, you know, instead of her domain.com and then uh, portfolios. And people are wondering, like, is this the right hire? Because people are getting really, somebody described it to me as the digital con. She's like, I've hired freelancers. They couldn't deliver on the work they promised me. And they're getting more and more uh, frustrated. And so this portfolio is key to standing out. And I'm telling you guys, like, I know just gave you like all of the tricks of the trade here. And she's helping you start to build that. Like, I cannot emphasize this enough that you need this to stand out. And you need this to stand out for the services that you offer. So just the other day, I was trying to explain the story. I'm like, not finding the words. She's like, you said she was a Pinterest manager, but I don't see that. And I'm like, well, that should be there. Like you can take that service you do, that digital marketing service and make it a portfolio because this lady didn't want to hire any of the people I referred because they didn't have that portfolio yet. And it was like crushing to hear that. And I get it. I get what she's going through. And I'm like, oh, they're just so busy. They haven't done it yet. You know, like it doesn't work anymore. (laughs) By the way, that happens. Like I've been in the industry for a year. So I, of course, have a lot in my portfolio. But every time it's like I'm going after a new job or new client, every time I'm like, shoot, I haven't updated my portfolio for like six months. Like Like it happens to everybody. We all get so busy that we don't have time for it. So even I have to like really hold myself accountable to make sure that my portfolio is up to date and it's up to the task. You, you just got to do it. You just got to do it. It's it's the best tool you have for guiding your career if you're a designer. Yeah. And I'm going to admit something. I don't have one. I don't have one. I had a client a prospect asking me, and it can be weird when you're doing a lot of like different yeah. digital services. And I had a client ask me, 
to see all my quiz funnels because that's the majority of like the work I'm doing right now is building out entire quiz funnels. So it's a lot of design. Like I should have one girl. So, so I was like, crap, like I don't look like a professional. I'm just used to these like, you know, word of mouth referrals. And well, I'm, that's the thing. It's yeah, the thing that right, we talked right. about in the beginning. It's either who you know, or if you oh, don't know anyone, you better have like this great portfolio. Yeah, yeah. That's true. But it kind of got me a little bit feeling like, oh man, maybe I'm not quite, you know what I mean? Like that imposter syndrome. Kind you know of- what it probably does most is that, you might be leaving money on the table for so many different projects and clients that could be coming to you. Like you are doing so well. You're already, even with a portfolio, you're getting all these clients. But if yeah. you would have portfolio, you might be getting bigger clients, better clients, uh, yeah. you know. Well, I did screenshot a whole bunch of things I did. And I was like, yeah, like, excuse my language. F yeah, look what I've done. Like, I just need to look at this as like a brag book before I hop on a discovery call. So I'm feeling powerful. So anyway, I have mine started. I did some image captures of very long web pages to start to show, but I ended up just linking to different examples of what I had done. And that was fine for them. And they hired me, but it did get me like a little sweaty. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I hear you. I hear you. One thing I did want to mention about my program was that a lot of people that I have in the program right now actually use that program. They use me as their creative director. Like they're obviously also building their portfolios and learning. And there's so many like trainings already there, but we have design reviews every week. So these people come to the design reviews with work that they're currently doing for their clients. And they're like, hey, I know this is the brief. This is the work I'm doing. Can you give me feedback? And I can very quickly steer you back on a right course with design. I can see in like 30 seconds whether your fonts are right, whether like all this. So like it's it can also make you work faster and have you, you'll have that support. You, you can take all the guesswork out of your work because you have someone who's done this for so many years to tell you what you need to do next. Oh my gosh. And that's so valuable in the work we do when we work alone as solopreneurs ourselves. And we don't necessarily want to share with our client. Like I've made that mistake, shared something before it was done and they flipped out on me and I need like eyes from someone I can trust. So I love that you give that high touch. So thank you so much. I know, like we said, the link to her Facebook group is in the show notes and I just can't thank you enough. You also have a little training here in this Facebook group. Yeah. Yeah. So I encourage you guys (laughs) to check out I know his previous training with us because it's really golden. This might open up a whole new world where you realize I want to do design. I want to focus on that. I want to niche down in that. And then I know is your teacher. Yeah. Thank you for having me. It's always a joy. All right. Thanks. I know we'll be in touch. Thank you. Bye. All right. I hope you enjoyed that interview with I Know. I want to encourage you to check out the show notes and connect with her. She has a Facebook group, Brand Builders Society. You'll be able to check out when she does her next portfolio boot camp. Now, I hope that you are thinking more and more about standing out as a freelancer. I want to encourage you to check out the Freelance Biz Kickstarter course, that two-hour course I have that will help you take a fast action, grab my shortcuts, and start being able to take on clients. This includes where to find clients. It includes proposals, discovery calls, contracts, and some legalities of setting up your business a quick dose to help you start moving forward with the thing you said you wanted to do, which is make extra money online. 
Thanks for joining me on this podcast. If you enjoyed it, please leave me a review. Please hit subscribe. I would love to hear from you and what's helpful, what kind of content you want in the future. Stay tuned because next week we have a really good episode coming out that's going to help you niche down into a profitable in-demand digital service. I'll see you then. If you want to start earning income as a digital marketing service provider or digital marketing assistant, you only need your laptop. You can tap into what online business owners really need help with by downloading my top 10 most requested tasks. These are the services I did for years for my clients behind the scenes. You can take this download and apply it to your own business and start by offering these very same services. If you want to niche down in digital marketing, this is your guide. Just use the link in the show notes or go to emilyreaganpr.com slash services. The free, the Kickstarter, (laughs) I don't even know my own course name. (laughs) Oh my God, I'm like totally blanking out. This is like what happens. Put me on the spot. Oh my gosh, I just worked all day on these emails. This is what I get for doing a podcast recording in the evening when my kids are supposed to be getting ready for bed. Well, and, and there's a way to com- com- combat that as well. I'm sorry, I swear I was wearing it. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Beep. Don't listen to this with your kids. No, just kidding. <laughs>